Welcome to the Life and Times podcast with your host Lloyd Phillips. This is a podcast that's put on for the people, by the people, of the people. I, to be honest, I think I'm the only people. It's all. It's really just going to be me, probably, and uh, occasionally maybe some other people, but. Welcome back to the Life and Times podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd Phillips. And, uh, you know, we'll get to our episode right after a word from our sponsors. Winchester Ranch premium beard oil products contain unique scents that are unmatched in the marketplace. They only use natural, unfiltered, uncut oils to provide the most nourishing ingredients in your beard regime. So leave the big box beard oils for the hipsters because no self-respecting cowboy wants to work cattle smelling like a New Jersey nightclub. So whether it's AM Lumber, Outlaw, Trail Boss, or Whiskey Saddle, Winchester Ranch Beard Company has a scent for everyone. You can reach Winchester Ranch Beard Company at winchesterranchbeardco.com. Once again, winchesterranchbeardco.com. Our next sponsor is American Survival Co. You can reach them at americansurvivalco.com. Wilderness Survival and Tactical Training. They have two locations in Jacksonville, Florida and Northwest Arkansas. War Eagle, Arkansas to be exact. Your instructors are from the hit Netflix show, Snowflake Mountain, Matt Tate and Joel Graves. So whether it's a few hour workshop or a weekend course, it's perfect for individuals or team building exercises. For more details, head on over to americansurvivalco.com and also check out their podcast, Survival Logic. Once again, americansurvivalco.com. Welcome back to the Life and Times podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd Phillips, everybody. Lloyd Phillips! Um, uh, today, uh, I, I have a guest this afternoon. He's kind of a big deal around town, uh, I've heard. Um, today's guest is... Matt Tate, he's from the the hit Netflix show Snowflake Mountain, where all the snowflakes were on one mountain in the UK, uh, and it has 15 million viewing hours at this point. It's number ten globally, hit number three uh, in the US Netflix US, and uh, I think where it missed out is because he competed with probably Netflix's biggest show. Yeah, unbelievable. Hang on, <laughs> I'm still in the introduction. Oh, <laughs> I was like, you got to tell me that's what you're doing, kid. <laughs> okay, crap. I'll probably, I'll probably keep this part. Let me, let me redo it. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to the Lifetimes Podcast. I'm your host Lloyd Phillips. Uh, I'm here with uh, Matt Tate from the hit show Snowflake Mountain. Everybody, uh, which is. Uh, a Netflix show that just came out in the last month. Uh, it's number 10 globally. It has over 15 million viewing hours. Uh, it hit number three in the U.S. Um, it's a, 
it's a really cool show, and I'm excited to have Matt here. I've known him for a while. Uh, I, I I don't call him Matt. I actually I call him uh, Etat Tam, which is Matt Tate backwards. I came up with that a long time ago. Uh, so um, you know, let's let's get into it. So Matt Tate, Matt Tate here in the the hit show Snowflake Mountain, right here in the house. In the house, here How, I am. How's it going? It's going good. Yeah, it's, it's going real good so far. Well, um, that, what do you <laughs> things have been good since? I, I I think I asked you right before this thing started. I'm like, hey man, have you been out at the restaurants? Have you been out on the club scene since since that hit? And you're like, oh my gosh, it's Matt Tate, Snowflake. <laughs> No, uh, and probably because I'm an old timer now, and I don't get, leave the house hardly, right? Yeah. Uh, other than to go grab some some chow at a restaurant or something. But no, it hasn't even been a thing. I'm kind of anonymous, you know, where I'm at. Well, I tell you what, uh, it's important that I know. Hold up, you know, this one is recorded here. Let me oh, let, let me yeah. turn this around. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys know, we got merch. We got merch in the house. Merch. That yeah. logo out there. I call it. I call it hat merch. American Survival <laughs> Co. That's right. So, uh, so I mean, I'll, I'll just get into this because I know there's people that that are that are wondering, what do you? Um, I'll just skip right to it. And I and I know that you're in the military, and we tried this once before for anybody that doesn't know, but did, <laughs> very unsuccessful, very unsuccessful on my part. Um, I mean, I, I know you're in the military, but but let's go to the survival part because uh, I want to I want to get there. What what made you pick a field? To where you're like, you know, I, I think I want to be in survival. I mean, it's not, how did you pick that that field? Okay, so uh, the story kind of begins, you know, like lots of people, I worked myself into uh, a job that I just did not like. And I went to a wilderness medicine class, like a week-long course uh, in Northern California in the mountains. And it was a really cool experience. You know, most of the day we're whitewater rafting down the Klamath River. And in the evenings, uh, we are getting medical training. And uh, most of it, it was a, a thing for doctors, really. And I just tagged along. Uh, but most of it was on a level I could understand. And so I really enjoyed it and had a good time. But something happened there. Something clicked. And those people who were working, the expedition doctors, the flight nurses, uh, they were getting paid, but they weren't really working. Like they were loving what they were doing every minute that they were out there and they were making a living at it. And th that was the first time I really saw people doing that, like getting paid to do what they love to do. Like it was real all of a sudden. What were you doing at the time? I was working for, uh, in the executive branch and did of you, the federal government. Yeah. Did you love to go to work every day? Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> there's a, a, a great career for the right person. Yeah. But for me, God did not make me to do that. And so after – I spent four or five years there. I don't remember which. But I found that I felt like I worked myself into a cage. And, uh, you know, like, where, a, like a tiger. Like a tiger. That's right, <laughs> man. Like, like, like a caged tiger. And, you know – the gig where you and I met was like one of the greatest gigs of all time. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and we had lots of freedom uh, at, at that place, but I just couldn't do it anymore. It was just, you know, I had knots in my gut every day that I got up to go to work and it just was not, I just kept thinking like, God dang, man, am I going to be 65 looking back? Like a tiger. Like a tiger, <laughs> like a tiger <laughs> over my shoulder. 
Uh, and that ain't uh, nothing compared to my ground tactics. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> There's a backstory to that comment that's really funny, and you, you should actually get into it. Uh, I, I just didn't have the guts to to do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let me back up just a second. I want to tell you guys how I met Lloyd. This is as Matt remembers it. Uh, I had been deployed, just came home from a year in Iraq. And my first day back at work, uh, I was working from 5 a.m. to 1. And so I show up for PT, and you and Kevin are out there, uh, and you got the platoons all lined up, everything. I'm just like, who are these losers? Like, (laughs) I don't know these guys. Like, a bunch of rookies taking over around here. And then you guys actually turned out to be, like, some of my favorite people ever. But, uh, yeah, you guys were out there, PT and cadets. Yeah, I did nothing compared to my ground tactics. Those were legit, by the way. Moving refrigerators by themselves. Yeah. Strong. With she. <laughs> you got to tell that story. Or it's just going to sound dumb. Well, oh, there's just, there's just interesting. There's just people that are interesting and I still like them. I'm making fun of them. I yeah. just, uh, but, uh, I mean, I'm making fun of these stories, but <laughs> I don't know. I, so there's a guy at work and, uh, I'm t- I'm having a conversation uh, with a, with another buddy there. And we're just talking about I don't even re- motorcycles. Honestly, we're probably talking about motorcycles. And and the guy's standing in the circle with us, but he walked up. He walked up to the circle. So this is me and the guy talking. So he stands there. He's not saying anything for like two minutes. He's hearing us talk about motorcycles. Uh, and the other guy says something <laughs> that he thought was pretty cool. And the the guy who walked up without not even being he wasn't attempting to be funny. He was dead serious. And so the, the the guy I was first talking to said something cool, and he goes, "I ain't nothing compared to my ground tactics." <laughs> <laughs> like what? Uh, to this day, I, I still think about you when you told me about that. Just like how baffled I was. Like, where did that even come from? Uh, what he, entered that dude's mind? He had been training, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, man. Yeah, he just wanted to let you know where you stood, probably. Yeah, that's know. that's good. Uh, you, <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a fun place. Well, so let me ask you this: um, back to back to this this whole Netflix deal. Yeah. When you started being a, a survivalist, and and I do throw this in, I started thinking about like your, your journey for this, and and I also started thinking how close I was. To all of the, like, I was so close to doing all this. Yeah. Like, I remember you saying, hey, come to this school with me. Right. To learn to be a survival instructor. And I'm like, Tate, I can't take off whatever it was then. I was like, I can't, uh, I can't. He's like, come on, man, try. And I couldn't do it. So I missed the boat there. Well, and I guess I kind of cut the story there. Like, that's what gave me the idea I could do something I like. The problem was, what I liked was guns, knives, uh, survival, ground hunting, tactics. fishing, ground tactics, yeah. uh, and just being able to take care of myself, you know, being self-reliant. So, hey, you can get paid to do that. And so I was kind of like, well, this really sucks. There's nobody going to pay me to do that. And then, I don't know, uh, at some point I heard the phrase survival instructor or something, I guess. And so I started researching that. And at the time, there was a the, the only place that I could find in the world that would uh, certify you as a survival instructor was actually – about an hour and a half from my house. And so it was kind of like it was a meant-to-be type thing. And so uh, I basically handed in my notice, went and spent 40 days and nights uh, living in the wilderness, and uh, started survival school after that. Yeah. So, Which, which I mean, 
seems like it worked out. I remember you saying, you got to do what you love. That's what you're telling me. And I, I, I mean, I never forgot that because you hear people say that, uh, who, who mean it, you know, like yeah. you really have done, they like picked a path and it didn't even have to be anything cool sounding like what you're doing. I mean, they could have said, I want to be a doctor their whole life. And I just picked the path and did what I love or, or whatever. Yeah. But, but for me, I, I don't have any education, which you hear me say, I didn't graduate. Um, but it, so I'm like doing these jobs that I work myself into some pretty good spots professionally, yeah. but <laughs> I didn't like it. Right. Like, like I liked the people I like to show up at, at work. Like that was fine. But the job, I hated it. Yeah. And so you're like, Oh, you just got to pick what you love. But like, I didn't, <laughs> well, Tate, I can't shoot. I can't play basketball for a living. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an easy thing to say. Like it, it has not just been all sunshine and rainbows. Like it's not been an easy path to, you know, walk away from a guaranteed because all my military time, everything it transferred over. It was, it was a potentially really good career for the right person. Uh, that's a scary thing to walk away from. And you got no guarantees that you're going to make it. Um, but man, I just kept thinking like when I'm an old man, you know, too old to get out and do things that I like to do, just sitting on the couch, I'd rather look back and think, well, I, I, at least I tried and failed versus God, I wish I would have tried instead of playing it safe my whole life. And so, uh, you know, I, I was very fortunate. Uh, my wife uh, has a great job, and so uh, it wasn't a huge burden on us financially uh, if I would have failed. Uh, and she was 100% supportive in, you know, me going and exploring that uh, as a as a career. So, yeah, it was a big deal. But, but did you have to sell it to her at first where you're like, look, I support your career. You'll support mine. No, I think she just saw that I was unhappy and she didn't. She didn't want me to be unhappy, genuinely. So, no, she was, she was, but you know, I mean, it was, it was definitely discussions about, all right, well, let's, let's make a plan for how this goes down, make an exit plan, uh, and make sure that things were in place to if, increase the odds of success. If that thing didn't work, if this whole thing didn't work, what, what, what were you going to be doing? If, if this failed? Yeah. Was, yeah. Did you ever think like, mm, maybe I'll go back and I'll do this? No, I didn't have a backup plan. I just figured, like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, a, maybe that's a, a terrible approach. But, there, you know, I've, I, I'm not smart enough to be the guy that came up with this, but I've heard it said lots of times, like, there is some, some good things about not having that backup plan because you got nothing to fall back on, so it's all or none. Yeah, I actually came up with a, I, I, that. So that's sounds weird like that it made it say. round. It's made, made its, its rounds. rounds, man. It's yeah. made its rounds. I've said that one in about uh, 07. Oh, <laughs> 07. That, I, I don't think I heard it in 07. It took a while to get around the globe. Yeah, it did. But I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, means yeah, a lot. For sure. So, I, I mean, I know you were on, you, you were on other – uh, TV shows, but like the that this Netflix deal that I mean that's that's a big deal. I mean this thing was promoted. I saw yeah. I saw your I, I saw the um, the first one. Well, like even before the show came out because oh, I because I watched sure. Netflix um, because I was still watching Netflix at, at that point. Because um, you told me earlier when your show came out. Because, okay, let me explain to people. Right. So when when Netflix shows comes out. Um, it, it tabulates all the viewing hours, which is how I knew w- what it was. That right. You're number 10 globally with 15 million viewing hours. Um, so you at your house, 
quit watching Netflix <laughs> we did. for the first two or three weeks if it wasn't your show. Yeah, I was like, we're, we're not watching. I really want to see Stranger Things. I want to finish up Peaky Blinders. But, now nah, we're not competing against my own show. Like, I'm not like, giving you viewing hours. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I told you last I walked in uh, the room a couple of weeks ago when my daughter was watching a Netflix show and I ripped the TV off the wall. <laughs> I was like, you will never do this again. You wait. You wait two, three weeks, and then you can watch it. Yeah. That's it. Which is good. I mean, so here's what I was saying. I saw the preview on on Netflix before the show even came out. So right. I knew it was being promoted through Netflix because I was like, oh, look, there it is, Snowflake Mountain. Right. And, and that was pretty cool. Now, And I said this to you before, but I'm going to say it again because um, <laughs> I deleted the first one. <laughs> accidentally it was about an hour and 30 minutes of our time last night that in about uh, 0.25 seconds push of a button deleted uh, i am not guilty of that and couldn't get it back <laughs> like and i couldn't get it back and but, i felt so stupid but, you know what i think it's better though because i haven't got to see you in a long time so it's not that far to drive over here yeah but <laughs> but I, was, I did feel silly so uh but here's what i said last night and, and it's true the whole world, I mean, for the most part, people yeah. all over the world watch Netflix. Right. I don't know a percentage, but, you know, I mean, it's in half the world's houses, I would feel like. Might be an exaggeration, but I'm probably not far off, right? Last I looked, I think they had 200 million plus yeah. subscribers. Crazy, right? So um, so maybe I exaggerate a little in the totals. But either way, it's just unbelievable how, how big it is. Well, we've been friends for a long time, and uh, I never... I don't. I don't look at you any. I mean, because we're buddies, right? Like, yeah. I don't look at you any different. It, it, um, I just think like, oh, my buddy has a show on TV. Right. And I know that sounds cool to say out loud, but but it's not. The our personal relationship's not any different, you know. Like, it right. it, um, and so I just have this random thought, <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, my buddy Matt has a show. Not a big deal. And then I call you the other day, um, and it was it was. I said, "What are you doing?" You're like, "Nothing. I'm tired." Uh, you said, I think you were getting ready to take a nap. And I'm like, all right, man, well, we, so what are you doing? He's like, well, I got up at 3 a.m. And uh, and I was like, what did you get up at 3 a.m. for? And you're like, well, because I've been doing these shows uh, in Great Britain and the U.K. Yeah. And uh, and it never, like, that was the first time where it hit me where I'm like, I mean, yes, I knew you have a show on Netflix, but that was the first time where I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even, I never even thought about it people calling you for interviews and all that kind of stuff yeah. like that. I, that's when I thought that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's uh well, it's a different experience than the first show that I did for sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of one of those things though. Uh, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really have any expectations. My only expectation, you know, was when we were there, do the best we could do and enjoy our time there and, and try and help those people. But things, really took off really quickly once the thing aired. And so uh, it's you, been weird. I mean, it's been cool. I'm grateful. I'm thankful that everybody loves the show and is connected to it. But it's just been kind of, I don't know, it's been an interesting experience. Here's what I think is going to be weird. Because Netflix is this, you know, it's a global comp- <clears throat> company. And your show's a global success. But the first show that you were on, the very first one, was what was it called? It was on Discovery Channel. <laughs> It was a really cool show, I'll have you know. It was called Bushcraft Build-Off. Uh, 
It just uh, just didn't make a season two. But here's, <laughs> well, here's the part that's going to make me laugh: is if <laughs> is if you're like at Walmart and uh, and they're going to be like, "Is that Matt Tate?" And you're going to turn around like, "Yeah, like Matt." Oh my gosh, I love Bushcraft Build Off. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened, by the way. Like it's so funny because when we did that show, I was like, maybe it's not to everybody else, but I'm a huge fan of Discovery Channel. So, like, when we were going to be on Discovery Channel to do that show, I was like, oh, this is it. I've really made it. Like, <laughs> so, you know, they never advertise. They, like, do horrible. They never advertise it until, like, right before it's coming on. Um, and then it didn't uh, – nobody ever noticed me. <laughs> nobody ever – it was just the good Lord keeping me humble. That's well, it's all. a thankless yeah. job. It's like, you know, I, I've recently been in the biz. Oh, this I want to talk about this, too. Yeah, I've, I've, I've recently been there. in the biz. Right. Um, I, I, I don't look, I didn't, I signed a bunch of paperwork. I don't know what I signed it for, but, uh, <laughs> oh, a bunch of non-disclosure stuff. I don't know. I would have remembered if it was an NDA, but I sure feel like I, you probably did. If you were working on like a, a motion picture, like a film, I think I can say the name of it. No, I'd rather not say the name because that way I can taste these stories. It'll just be really broad. Look, trust me, nobody's going to see the movie. <laughs> like, it's not. I, I was an extra in this movie, and my daughters wanted to do it. As a matter of fact, here's how it went. My wife calls me, and she says, hey, I did something. And I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, well, there was a movie company or production company, and they were looking for extras, and they were looking for a dad with two daughters. And so she's like, so I sent your pictures in. And they accepted you. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, that's like, cause that's, all, that's all I said. All right. I was like, that's cool. I Actually, I'm going to tell, I'll tell the whole story. And so I tell the, the daughters, I'm like, hey, uh, we're going to be in a movie. But I had some stuff to do. I don't remember what it is now because this was you know, a little over a month ago. But like, yeah, I'll try to do it. And then we'll, we'll, we'll go be in this movie if you girls want to. And they were all fired up about it. So, right. so I'm like, okay. Oh, because I had to buy cowboy clothes. <laughs> That was it. So here's the question. Was that like they reimbursed you for cowboy clothes or you just had to go get them so that you could fit the bill? Yeah. I was, yeah, I sell out when I do movies. Okay. I'm just checking. I got a brown cowboy. Because I know where this story's going. We did this last night. I got a brown cowboy. I'm just trying to get this information to absorb for myself. I'm thinking about running outside and grabbing that brown cowboy hat for the rest of the show. Don't forget your. And I'm going to wave like this when the show's over, like eight (laughs) seconds, (laughs) two hands. Uh, So anyway, we I go get the the stuff. Uh, We we go there. We we talking boots and everything. Well, I actually I have I had a pair of boots. Okay. Uh, And I don't wear boots. I bought boots. Holy man, I bought boots because (laughs) a long time ago uh, I was working in South Texas and everybody had boots and I didn't. I still would wear smoking slippers. Trying to fit in, all right. And so uh, I kept telling him, he's my boss. He's like, "Gotta get some boots." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna get them." (laughs) But I never got them. And so fast, I moved to Ohio. Was like over doing this thing in Ohio. Well, I, I. got promoted and I was coming back and I was going to work with my old boss. And, uh, and he, the day before I got there, he said, Hey man, you can wear those boots down here. <laughs> cause I told, cause I think I told him I got them. I think I'm, I think I'm like, Oh yeah, I got them. Cause I didn't think he was ever going to see me. I was in Ohio. Right. But when I was coming back, he's like, you wear your boots tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Cause I told him I had them. I went to Drysdale's that night and bought boots. <laughs> I only have a pair of cowboy boots because I was in my buddy's wedding and I had to 
have cowboy boots. Uh, but I actually don't mind them. Like sometimes they're 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 the right footwear. I was in your wedding. What what did you make me wear? Sand flip flops, man. Did That's I what have, I wore. I didn't have. I don't. I wasn't a flip flop order. Did I, I wear them? Lord was my best man, by the way. I um, I I don't know if you. I'm pretty sure you did. We wore uh like some white linen shirts, just some khakis and some flip flops. I'm pretty sure because it was a very chill wedding. I wore flip flops. Yeah, I think you did. I don't know. Or was I wearing smoking slippers? Uh, maybe Birkenstocks. Knowing you, I don't what? wear Birkenstocks. <laughs> <laughs> You're unbelievable. I mean, uh, maybe my memory's failing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody was wearing. Ever since you got into wilderness survival, you started wearing Birkenstocks <laughs> and hemp bracelets. <laughs> so, and 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 wool socks. So, so I extended that out. I apologize because sometimes I get sidetracked. Yeah, I got boots. So I, was, so I was going to do this thing. The daughters want to go. We walk in. I'm going to the BOK. It's where I'm at. Right. And it's like uh, this rodeo store. <laughs> uh, I could I could ham it up because I read. I didn't know what the movie was about, and I read it. And and I just read the paragraph. It was three paragraphs long. It was had to do with the girl, had to do with the guy, and then it had to do with tying them together. In the description, there's no way that 19 people are going to watch this movie. There's no way. It's terrible. The people's families that who were in the movie will watch it. Can but, you say what uh, it's going to air on? Like what broadcast? Oh, yeah. What, like if it's a movie? Coming or? out on Pure Flix. Hey, the, I think that that thing's got some some following now. That's the Christian uh, version of like a, a Netflix or whatever. Right? I I don't. I've never heard of Pure Flix. Which, I'm, I'm pretty sure which, that's. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Which I've made me know for sure. Like, what's funny though is that I don't know anything about being in movies. Just extras we were setting up in the stands. Like was and the thing filled, or they just had like one section? Like they're gonna scan past. I counted. Like 30 I counted. There were forty extras. Okay. So for all the cheering scenes, there were 40 extras. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I wouldn't have even said it otherwise. So I, I don't even – I can't even hear what they're saying because we're, we're pretending like we're at the National Finals Rodeo. So we're, we're like, up in, the, up in the seats. I don't even know what they're saying. I can ju- and I don't even know anything about movies, but I can just see the setup. I can see how it's going. I know this thing is never going to hit the movies ever. It's never going anywhere. I, I, Straight to DVD. Yeah, oh yeah. Right. I can okay. I can see it coming, and then I, then I found out what it was, and I was I was pretty accurate. But when you during the rodeo scenes, they're like, "All right, guys, let's cheer," <laughs> but you got a pantomime cheering. If I'm going to do a movie, you should make people really cheer because you, you know why. <laughs> you know why it would look natural because you would really be cheering. But when you do this, this is, I'm glad we're recording this because they're like, okay, guys, uh, we're going to pretend like she's rounded in the third barrel and, uh, you know, let's cheer. And this is how you, first of all, people were doing this. <laughs> like, look at my hands. I, you can see it on the camera. Look at my hands. They're not even almost touching. And people can see that in the movies. And so no, nobody's clapping. And then, and then you got a fake yell and you're like, <laughs> and every time they would say cheer, Look, I've been to a thousand games. I've played sporting events and all. You know who doesn't? Nobody cheers like this. And I'm, I'm, there's 40, 40 extras. I'm going to guess 85% of them cheered just like this every time they'd say, All right, guys, cheer. And they would do this. <laughs> 
Nobody two hand cheers. Nobody two hand cheers. No. No. It's, it's anyway. So the wave was not happening, I guess, with 40 people. It was destined to fail. <laughs> the whole deal was destined to fail. And then oh you get goodness. in there and you get the other people who were talking. They're like, because they're like, oh, yeah, uh, I met De Niro. Super nice guy. <laughs> Uh, in, in in the extra room, like oh, there are people like that are professional pro- extras. Yeah, that's actually a thing. By the way, huh. I didn't know. I didn't know, but some of those people had been in like fifteen movies as extras. But then they were all like bragging up, like, "Oh, I met Brad Pitt. He's super nice guy." And, <laughs> and, I, li- and I listened to the story because he was telling him. <laughs> we're here to talk about Snowflake Mountain, by the way. Right. <laughs> but so <laughs> this guy said, uh, "He's like, yeah, I was on set with." Uh, Who's the girl in Dust Till Dawn? Selma Hayek. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's like, uh, Selma Hayek, super nice lady. One of the nicest people I've ever met. <laughs> Listen to the story, because that's what he said. And then he's like, yeah, so uh, I was on the set with her. Don't remember the movie. He's like, yeah, and so I saw her coming. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's Selma Hayek. He's like, so I held the door open for her, and, and she passed me, and she's like, and nodded like a thank you. He's like, she, is, she was like the nicest person. <laughs> For for nodding, she didn't even say anything. <laughs> I'm like you can't, and I and I'm sitting in room in the room with these people, and I'm and I'm a nice guy, but I th- I think some of these people I don't I think some of these people are idiots. <laughs> if I'm just being honest, you know, I wouldn't have thought because I would think you, you know being an extra uh, is extra spending money right it's not like that's a salary thing like the i mean we don't have to get into I, the I think, details thanks here. for leading me but yeah uh, i made 117 dollars for 30 <laughs> hours but how are you going to travel all over to be in these movies as an extra if it doesn't really pay much i met a lady as, there as a thing. from wichita falls and she was there three days she has a hotel wow she you're not making anything maybe it's just fun for them I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's well. So people can be like, "Oh, look, there I am." Uh, <laughs> I I got to be honest. If because I don't think about that movie on a daily basis. I'm talking about it now because we're talking about it, right? Matt, next year I'll probably forget that I was even in that. You've been show. immortalized, though. Yeah, you've been immortalized. If I get a, you know, that's film. right. If I get an IMDb account, <laughs> right? Yes, I'm thinking about doing an IMDb. Uh, I think you can set it up. I okay. I think I I think I learned this. The only you can do an IMDb if you if your name is credited, like if you're in. If, oh, okay. Which it's not going to be, but um, but then I heard because I'm in the room with professional extras, right? Like even if uh, even if it's not if if it's not credited, you can do an uncredited, and but it'll still show. You just have to show a copy of your paycheck stub or whatever, which I already forgot. So I don't even know where it's at. Hey man, that's a thing to some people, you know. Uh, they want to be remembered in some way, so uh, it's not not necessarily my thing. But if that's well, whatever, you know. All right. Well, listen. I the, I didn't. The whole point. I don't want to talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I just did, but that's because I was acting like I was a professional. Actually. No, that's that's good. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we talked about it because I wanted to make sure that came up. Well, and there's one other thing that needs to happen. Oh, I, what's funny is that you were leading me like I'm supposed to be leading you. You've done it about three times already. I, I have my own podcast, but, but, too. So, but let I'm me allowed. let me uh, get. I'm going to get this out of the way because remember we've done this once in the last right. 24 hours. Um, you have your own knife? Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you led me right to it. 
kind of a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so uh, it's been, what, four, five? I th- think five years ago when I started designing this knife, right, uh, w- when the, the design process started. And so it's with Dozier Knives, and uh, they're world famous for making awesome blades. And they just happen to be in northwest Arkansas. And so uh wound up doing a collaboration thing, and I field-tested the thing for a good year. Jungle, swamp, mountains. I mean, I really put that knife through the ringer. And then um, I, the kind of the final test was taking and doing that show, uh, Bushcraft Build-Off, because we only got to take three tools, and that knife was one of those tools. Uh, but the name of the knife. That's the big deal. That's where this is yeah. all headed. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's what's important here. Yeah. Uh is the name of the knife. So, um t- tell the part of how you, how you remember it. Well, because you you said and you're all excited cuz you always call me with your successes. Yeah, they were it was a big deal like oh, no, they I, came I'm not, to me for yeah, sure. But, I was super excited. About but I, I'm I'm glad that you do that like honestly, but you always call me when there's like dude check this out, you know, yeah, cuz you get yeah, excited. So yeah. you're like this uh, Dozer knife they they came to me and they want me to they want to d- design it or whatever. They yeah, wanted you to field test it, but then but then, yeah. but then you got to say oh, I like this and I, I right. wish I had this. Anyway, so you you got a chance to have your own knife. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I gotta name it. So, like, what I always do uh, <laughs> for every, I, I, it's not just you. <laughs> Anybody that has any success, I always try to include myself in it. <laughs> let me get on. Let me get in some of that <laughs> yeah, all, all the time. And so you're like, hey man, I got this knife. I'm like, do you call it the LDP? That's my name, by the way, Lloyd Delfield. And I did not. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, dude, call it the Lloyd knife. And I was just like, keep trying to think of the Matt and Lloyd, the Matt and Lloyd special, like everything I was trying to come up with. Uh, and then and that's it. Like that was the talk at first. Right. And you fast forward like a month and then you called me just, you know, random, random talk. You're like, oh man, that knife, I got to name it. Like it doesn't have a name yet. Yeah. And uh, well, I was sitting in the office of a guy who went to the University of Arkansas. Uh, he has Arkansas stuff everywhere. He was the track and field guy there. Uh, he has, uh, there was a hand-drawn picture. I mean, he has he, he has Razorback things all over the place, but there's a hand-drawn picture um, of a Razorback right in front of me. Still in pencils, just like lead color. Right. And you said that, and I'm staring at that photo. Well, I know Dozier Knives is out of Northwest Arkansas. We're just to say Fayetteville because that's where right. the hogs are. I know that's where you live. Uh, I'm actually a Razorback fan myself. Uh, I'm sitting in the room with the Razorback fan, so I'm like, you should call that knife. And I was like, actually, I was kind of being silly. I was like, you should call that knife the Razorback. <laughs> and you're like, it was like instantly you're like, um, I'm gonna have to call you back, and you hung up because <laughs> I had to see if I could do that. But right? you got excited though; like there was no yeah. way to even talk about it. You said, um, "I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call you back." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to research and make sure, like, it's, it's not like the word is not you know trademarked or patented or whatever uh, the logo is. So I was like, but you know, a Razorback's a, a mean machine too. Right? Yeah, and like, it sounds tough. It does sound tough. So Lloyd named that knife, and then yeah, I'm an international knife namer. He is. He is he's a, he's a big deal knife namer. If you guys have a knife that you need to name, international knife namer, uh, 
Yeah, that's where you can reach me. And then there was the spinoff. We had the smaller, uh, kind of more utility knife. It's the tusk. Yeah, which is which is awesome. Part of the Razorback, right? Just yeah, smaller, yeah. So no, that was hilarious, and he never lets me forget that ever. <laughs> I got a tattoo that says of the knife. <laughs> You know that Brock Lesnar tattoo on his chest? That's what yeah. I got, but it's the you, Razorback. Oh, you got that of the Razorback. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. We need to like make that the thumbnail for this uh, <laughs> for this video. It's like close up of that tat. Brock Lesnar's? No, yours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I, I know it's there. Oh, I know it, I know yeah, I know it's there. It. It's got color, not all of it. <laughs> so, yeah, well, anyway, that... So let's get to this show. Brass tax, baby. Brass all right, tax. let's all right, just get to it. Let's get to it. So Netflix calls you because you you already said Discovery Channel. Uh, yeah. Now you might have touched on it briefly, but right. how do they get a hold of you? Like, how does Netflix? I mean, if I'm walking down the road and I'm like, you know, I want to do stuff with Netflix, right? But that wasn't even your choice, right? Like, no, that's the thing. Like, I've had a bunch of people ask, like, how do you even land a gig like that? Uh, how, you know, how do you get on the show? How do I and get on the show? I, I don't know. Because they reached out to us. So they, they sent us an email. Um, and, and so let me back this up a little bit. So you have a production company who makes the show for Netflix. And they are basically partnered up, right? And so the production company reaches out to us. And at first they don't tell us it's a, it's a show for Netflix. They just kind of pitch us the idea of the show. And we, we actually have that happen quite a bit. And a lot of times it's just a, a production company trying to create something. They haven't sold it to anybody. It's just still an idea stage, right? And so after you get a bunch of those calls, you're like, well, I'll talk to everybody because you never know. You might hit one out of the park, but most of the time it doesn't lead to anywhere. Uh, and so when we talked to them, uh, they basically did a, a, a Zoom interview with me and Joel, uh, who runs our school down in Florida, and uh, they said, hey, we, we love you guys' energy. We'll call you guys back in a couple of days. We have to, you know, pass it up and see uh, see what Netflix uh, thinks about it. And so, sure enough, man, two days later, uh, we get a phone call, and they say, hey, you are the guys uh, for the gig. And so if you guys are, are interested, let's let's do this. And we're really excited about it. It's very similar to Joel and I have been talking about doing kind of like a rites of passage type course. Uh, that's it's a whole other topic, but that was a big thing throughout history. You know, you kind of cross that threshold into adulthood, and that was like an official thing that people would do. And so we're missing that in society. And we've been talking about, uh, you know, implementing a course, a week to two week course that kind of drives in that direction. And so when they told us what they wanted the show to be, I couldn't have written anything myself that I've been more excited to be a part of. It was really. Really sounded interesting, and so yeah, we were on board. And man, it was no time. We were on flights to London and getting ready to get things going. Um, it was that was in the middle of COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which you know, we had to do a quarantine when we get there. You know, uh, and it's, it's course, seven days, ten, ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, got a quarantine for 10 days before you can even go out and start, you know, checking out the site where you're going to film all that type of stuff. So, uh, I don't know. It was just kind of one of those things, you know, it, it wasn't a big deal for me. Uh, they'd got me a, a cool place to stay and, uh, 
So, yeah, kind of kind of movie star treatment type stuff, and I yeah. wasn't mad about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to reference back because that part what, that you just said right there is what sparked me to tell you this last night. Okay. So because we, when we were extras, we're obviously not in the movie. Like, really, we're not for real in the movie. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, on the way there, I read I read what it was about out loud. We're extras. Like, we're not in the movie. Right. Not really. And uh, I read what it was about out loud, and my youngest daughter, she said, wait. In the description, a younger sister had passed away. Okay. So driving there, my youngest daughter, she said, Wait, so I have to die in the movie, and then you and Avery are married. I'm like, we're not in the, we're not in the movie, we're not in the movie. No, no, you're fine. You're you are going to set in the bleachers. Well, I didn't know that then, but you know whatever. So that, that was it. But when they have lunch break, like eight thirty at night is lunch break, right? And uh, and so all the actors go to the room to eat and then they send all the extras into your holding pen and you just sit in there and the air conditioner doesn't work and it's hot. And like, yeah, just go in there. If there's any food left over, we'll call you guys. <laughs> that's how it was. So that's also <laughs> so, nice. So my daughter would be in there at the table starving. Uh, cause we'd been there since like noon and it's nine yeah. 30. It's nine at night. And, uh, and so she's like, Come, we can't eat, like, <laughs> which was kind of sad. But I'm like, because she's like, it's no fair. They're in there eating. We're not like she hates them now. Like, right. I'm like, we're not. We're fine. Hey, I'd be mad too, man. Well, she just didn't understand. She acted like we were just as much a part of it. You guys were just as as big a deal as the the main stars. Yeah. yeah. Well, so anyway, when, when you uh, you said they treated you like kings, you got to eat whatever you wanted. Uh, yeah, they, they took really, so, you know, when we did the, the bushcraft build off thing, you know, we're just kind of, uh, I don't know if they, the word they made you contestants. hunt your own meat. Uh, no, they, they actually took good care of us there too, but, um, it just wasn't as, as focus driven towards taking care of us. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they brought us food, all that type of stuff, but this was, this was a different deal. <coughs> Excuse me. This was a different deal. Uh, just because. You know, we were hosts this time, and so uh, I guess just because of, of doing that, you know, a lot of the the show was being driven by the hosts, obviously, and so it was just a really good experience. It was, uh, I didn't know what to expect, uh, but we I don't have like, to hey, s- I could get kind of used to this. This was kind of nice. You don't have to say it, but apparently um, they didn't just pay you $117 for 30 hours. No, they didn't. They didn't. Thank God. goodness. I think we got hosed on that deal. You should have at least got one forty, <laughs> one fifty. I I think. I think we were supposed to, but they ended up paying us for only one of the two days. Uh, and I don't really know to call. But I mean, I'm just saying I'm never doing it again. So let me. All right. So, how long were you there? I guess after ten days. When did you first meet the the cast? Uh, on camera. Like really? What, what you see is that's the first time we met them. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so so we do our our ten days quarantine, and then I want to say we went out to actually see the base camp where they were going to be, um, the day before they got there, I think. 
And then the next day, that's that's when we met them. Is whenever they showed up. So all right. So when you watch the show, yeah. well, obviously because you weren't there in the production room. So when you watch the show, that's the first time you see them talking in their tent by the what's it called confessionals? What, oh, what yeah. they call those diary tent. Yeah, diary yeah. cam. Because uh, at the first episode, maybe two. Um, they didn't like you, a few of them. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I loved it. <laughs> so, uh, and then, like last night, I just, because I brought this up, and if we don't have to, if some if somebody hasn't watched the show. Oh, you're about to tell on yourself, because I, I, I know what this means, this question you're about to ask. It means you haven't finished yet. Oh, I have. But last night I tried to ask you something, and you were like, well, I don't want to say that because for people who haven't watched the show. Oh, okay. okay. No, I finished I'm, the I'm, show. I'm, so, well, one of the questions you asked was, if you finish the show, then you know the answer to it. Did Well, but, it, look, go ahead. I, I told you. I, I might have been shooting down a different path. My mom, my mom watched the show in one night, like one single, right on. one single night. It's a good lady right there. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me like three days to watch it. But I, I do remember... And I don't know. I don't know if it's real or not real. I mean, I don't even know if you can tell me. I I just have my own thoughts. You don't have to comment because I don't know what your thing with Netflix is. But right. but I don't have a thing with Netflix. So, I when when they got their bags blown up when their bags were exploded, mm-hmm. there's no way that was their stuff. Like there's no way. I I mean, I just think it was a bunch of bags they threw in there for for the camera. The only thing I can't say for sure is if the first time you met those people was when they were right, right in front of you. Yeah. The the straggler that came on, you threw her bag in the lake. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't. Did you really throw her bag in the lake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course we did. <laughs> she got all mad about it. Oh, so that was so funny uh, because. She's from New York, and she is got that feisty New Yorker spirit to her. And uh, I'll just say this: I knew right away she's she was going to be fine out there. She was she's a tough girl. Yeah, like she wouldn't got no problems out there, you know, handling being out there. Uh, because yeah, she she tossed back a little attitude, but for me it was healthy attitude. Like I I I appreciated it. Mm. Like I'd be pissed off too if somebody just tossed my stuff in the lake, right? So I'm like. No, okay. She's got some spunk. She'll probably be all right. So, who do, um, do you have a favorite? No, uh, they're all so different, man. They're all such unique individuals. They all had, uh, they all had really different things at different times that you would see come out. You know, just like when we did our old job, uh, you, you're you're a people observer, right? You study human personality and yeah. And so you start to see little changes they don't even realize are happening within themselves. And so, no, man, I really enjoyed all of them. They, they all had just kind of their own unique uh, personalities that they brought to it, uh, which casting, who, whoever picked those people, I mean, they did an amazing job. I don't know how many people they had interviewed to find those people, but, uh, you know, everything just kind of comes together, and, and, and the recipe was pretty awesome for how they all interacted together yeah i thought that liam guy was pretty funny oh he's hilarious man a lot of them are really funny they, but i really came to and and not just liam but that was the first time i'd been in the uk 
And some of that is just that UK sense of humor, you know, that, that British sense of humor is just a little bit different, just a little bit uh, shifted different than ours. And I love it. Like, it's just hilarious. Um, <clears throat> what does the UK consist of? Uh, so you have England, uh, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales. That's, and I did not know that. Like, <laughs> I've I never been to the UK. Like, I, I, I just, uh, I had geography when I was a kid, but how much was I paying attention to, you know, whenever they're talking about the UK? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I didn't know, like, all all those things comprised, you know, made up the UK uh, until yeah. I was there. Well, I, I, and I told you before, the only reason I knew uh, what that consisted of is because of the show The Crown on Netflix. Right. Which, right. by the way, is one of my favorite shows. I haven't watched it. I I like it because it's... it's um, like it's this historically accurate show. I mean, I don't know if all their arguments were the exact, right, you know, right. but, but the show is goes back through history. So I, I didn't know anything about the queen at all. Like I never knew how that worked. Right. Duchess and Duke of this. And that. I never knew how any of that worked. None of it made sense. I never understood why she's queen Elizabeth married to this guy. He's not the king. Um, like I don't <laughs> I, right, right, stuff. Right. I didn't, get so when i watch that show it, a lot of that, that makes sense Kinda and that's you. yeah and that's also how i found out like okay well that's what the uk is and great britain and England. you know i didn't know yeah so. no it's 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 really i mean until you go there like i just i just didn't study you know that part of the world as for how it was comprised but it was really cool uh, kind of discovering all that stuff. How long did they shoot? Yeah. How long were you out there? Uh, we filmed. It was either eighteen or nineteen days. Okay, and so you were in the mountains. Yeah. There's yeah. Also, there's so, also something else I want to say because this is my observation watching. Um, you know that they they got their suitcases and and this lady's like, oh, I'm gonna freeze because they're on the mountain. Oh yeah. And they're like, I'm got gonna it. freeze. All I brought was mini skirts. And then her first in. the what do you call it? Diary tent? Yeah. In the yeah. diary tent. Diary cam, she yeah. has, she had diary cam, sorry. She has a, a beanie on and, and a puffy coat. Right. So let me clear it. Cause this is a big question. Um, let me clarify. I don't know what's up with that. Um, I don't either. Hang on. Pause. Is that a eight, like a six thousand or something? It probably overheated. Did it overheat? Did you run out of space again? What a real ninny. This thing is still rolling live, so I'm just going to keep talking to it. Let me tell you guys what just happened. Uh, I just noticed something on the uh, the screen of the camera because we were videoing this episode as well. And I, I kind of nonchalantly pointed at it. And uh, so Lloyd gets up to go check it and... What happened is the same thing that happened last night. He didn't clear off enough memory, and so we're a good halfway into this thing, and all you people who are super stoked about, like, ah, oh, there'd be a video of this. That'd be cool. I'm going to go, forget this podcast. I'm going to YouTube and watching the video cast of this. Sorry, Lloyd has ruined it for you. He doesn't even care about memory cards and space anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't even care. <laughs> Hey, come sit. It doesn't matter. I mean, like, it's, I don't know. Who knows where it cut off? I drove 16 hours to get here for this today, <laughs> and this is the kind of 
operation you're running. <laughs> well, uh, I, I still may post it to YouTube and uh, come over the top of it, and people are just going to be so mad later. I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, uh, sorry, we missed the last 20 minutes of this. That's uh, hilarious. All right, well, let's get back to uh, clarifying some things because I've got lots of questions about exactly what we were talking about. Well, if they're bags was all burned and how did they get extra close? Well, look, it's 18, 19 days worth of filming. Each of those episodes, eight of them are what? 40 to 45 minutes. Uh, if so, you can only get so much on film and everything that you do get on that film. Pause. We're pausing. We're paused. Oh, I just noticed this isn't recording either anymore. Huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's still going. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> just see the look on your face, man. So I got a question. <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, well, because um, <laughs> some, sometimes I have technical difficulties. Sometimes. And uh, I had one again. Let me ask you this. So when Netflix calls you to go do a show in England, uh, you and Joel, you had you were trying to do a rite of passage course. What? Yeah, we'd been kind of working on a course that would be a sort of a rite of passage type thing, a week to two weeks long. Did you say rite? I didn't. You misheard it. I said rite. Well, <laughs> it might be the DS or the D tier. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, you know that's it's missing from a lot of societies nowadays. It was always a part of cultures throughout history. You know, there's some kind of threshold or a challenge that they had to cross into adulthood. And, you know, from that point forward, they're considered productive members of society and, and considered adults. And like so, the Arrow of Light ceremony for the Boy Scouts? I don't you know. I wasn't in the Boy Scouts. I'm not sure. I wasn't either, but I announced it one day. You did? I was the announcer for the Arrow of Light. Is that a rite of passage type thing? I think they said it was. But I, these kids are like 10 and 11, I, so they're like. I don't know, but the Boy Scouts are pretty freaking cool, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wish I wish I would have had that when I was a kid. Uh, so, anyways, Hold, not to cut you off, yeah. they didn't have that. Let me rephrase that: they didn't have that where I lived, and even if they did, we were too poor to even buy the uniforms to be part of it. All right, I'm gonna get. Thanks back. for making fun of me for being a poor kid. I, I'm gonna Lord. get. I'm gonna get back to that. <laughs> I'm gonna get back to that in a second because I. I go ahead, rite of passage because yeah, so it's important when they when they told us kind of the premise to the series uh we were super stoked and instantly on board because you know the way they told us how it would kind of play out was better than anything probably we could have dreamed up uh and so yeah we were really excited man and and we just told him yeah we're 100 percent on board and uh, it was uh, it was a good experience um so you're up in the mountains <laughs> so you're up in the mountains and you're with these people, and you're out there like 19 days or whatever, actual <laughs> shooting. Right. Um, uh, here's where I was saying so so many things I've said. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so you blew their bags up. Yeah, we blew their bags. You, up. We did. Okay, I just I'm gonna summarize this part. I don't think you really blew blew the bags up. I don't. Listen, it's you know you probably don't believe in Santa Claus, you can, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, listen, none of that. You can stuff, have Netflix's back. In your you life, can have boy. Netflix's back. I don't think you blew. If that lady had eight thousand dollars worth of Gucci suits in her luggage, like she acted, 
I don't. She had eighteen bathing suits in there. I don't. That's think, how I knew it was real legit that they didn't know they were going <laughs> to the woods to be on the side of a mountain. Yeah. Well, you guys did take care of them because when they were in the. Yeah, so that's a big deal, right? Everybody wants to know, oh, you blew up their bags. So how did they get, like, winter clothes and stuff? Because, like you said. she had a beanie and a puffy coat. Yeah, so, so here's the deal. 18, 19 days of filming, whatever it was, 35 to 45-minute long episodes, there's eight of those. You only put so much in, and what you do put into that in the editing process really needs to be story-related, right? But it did get filmed. It just didn't make the edit because it, I'm guessing I wasn't the editor, but it just didn't have a lot of uh, purpose to the story itself. But so what happens is once they uh, their stuff is all gone, right, and so I tell them, hey, go over, check out your new homes, uh, we follow them over there a little bit later, and we issue them um, these backpacks. So the backpacks are filled with weather-appropriate clothing for them um, that the Netflix uh, and, and production people They'd already got all their sizes and stuff like that. So if you remember when we told them to get their essential stuff out of their bag, Joel also starts handing them boots. Mm -hmm. So they'd have appropriate footwear for what we're going to be doing. It just didn't make the the cut for people to see that. But we issued them big, really nice hiking packs filled with gear uh, for the their time they were going to be there. Did they give the, the? Did they take those home with them? Yeah. Did you get the same backpack? Yep. Thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, did you have you used it since you got home? Uh, yeah, I think I've used it a couple times. Well, I was going to say this. All right, you're on top of this mountain. Was it cold? Uh, it, at some points, like so. The nice thing was, you know, we're there in June, and it's not like being in Oklahoma or Arkansas in June. It was nice, you know, like a light mist, uh, and you know, wearing a, a light jacket a wind jacket yeah. uh, to to stay comfortable so well I, i'm not so, so i knew and, you guys hiked that mountain and it was like 2500 feet yeah so let me differentiate too uh because there's been some confusion about this online so there's snowflake mountain i don't want to call that the side of the hill where their tent and stuff tents and yeah. base camp was set up and then there's the mountain right and so i don't want to like ruin it for people who haven't watched it but that was a separate part thing Oh, so they called it Snowflake Mountain because it was only twenty five hundred feet. No, that's not what they were calling. Colorado, Colorado said, "Come look at me." That's nothing compared to my ground tactics. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I want to say it was twenty two miles round trip. So yeah, uh, if yeah. it would have been like ten foot elevation, twenty no. two miles with a pack on, it's a good and, little hump. And yeah. you had to go up. You had to go uphill. <laughs> yeah, up a mountain. So yeah, that. Um, now I didn't realize that because you know it's a show, so they're not showing everything that you're going through. Yeah. So on the show, you know, it looks like they walked up the mountain in, you know, thirty minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> well, they was, did on the show. It was a pretty much a day um, to get from camp to where base camp was going to be, and that was about halfway up. Yeah. Uh, ish. I don't know. I didn't have a pedometer, but it was somewhere halfway ish, right? And yeah. so if it was twenty two miles round trip, I know it's eleven miles to the peak. Did you have and your so, did you have your watch on? I didn't I don't think I did. Well they let you wear could you have worn worn that? Yeah. Wear whatever I want. Um well I say that. That's a, kind of another but like a watch, yeah. It would I mean I know that you deal. can't see an, an Apple logo on it, but like can Yeah, you? no, it wouldn't have been a big thing. Yeah. Uh but 
we camp there, you know, that night, and then we do the thing the next day. What you don't see is, let, let's say it was exactly halfway, so five and a half miles, mm-hmm. right, plus the 11 miles that I got to now go back. Uh, so was that 16 and a half, 17 miles-ish? That we that we did that day was a long hump out of there. None of that's on video, uh, <laughs> and it's it's rough enough terrain. Like you're not getting a side by side. You're not getting any type of motorized vehicle up there, other than a helicopter coming to get somebody if there's an emergency. So really, yeah, it's not like you're coming down the same way you went up. You haven't been trail riding the way I have. Well, uh, back when I was hitting them BDRs, that's backcountry discovery routes, by the way. Oh, uh, which uh, speaking of that. Because uh, I wanted to reference this, which I have once in the one that got deleted. Um, <laughs> on the backcountry discovery route, when I would be in Colorado, um, that was the BDR. Two, one. I've done beater. one. I've done one. Well, I, I call mean, it a beater. I, I've, dri- <laughs> I've driven all over the uh, – ridden. I've ridden all over the country on my GSA, you know, mm-hmm. BMW. And uh, we got those just so we could go – in the middle of nowhere like right. you'd be 50 miles from nowhere well when you're camping uh in the pacific northwest or you're camping in colorado or any, you know any of that kind of terrain there's mountain lions yeah um uh, when you hit the valleys there's rattlesnakes there's there's uh bears uh, depending on where you're at there's moose who don't like you either right. like all those things kill you yeah and so didn't you tell no. me on snowflake mountain there's none of that man no snakes <laughs> Uh, really no predators, maybe some foxes, uh, well, but not anything that's going to, you know, be a cause of concern for us. Well, like, we, you say that, but last night you're like, uh, there's no predators. Well, you got to worry about the goats. No, <laughs> no, what I did say, you're such an exaggeration. This guy likes to exaggerate. I'll, Here's what I did I'll say. I'll fist fight a goat. Because he asked me, was there anything? I was like, well, there was sheep. <laughs> so like if you had an aggressive male ram, I guess, you know, would a sheep, a ram, uh, then I guess you could get like head butted, but outside of that, there just wasn't much to worry about. And let me tell you, that was, that was pretty nice uh, to not worry about, you know, having a, a rattlesnake in your boot uh, when you woke up in the morning. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Good. But I, but nobody there was scared of goats, were they? No, 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 no. But the sheep there, like, <laughs> if there's public property, like those sheep are just marked, and there's no like sheep herders, like they're just out there. Notice how I keep saying goats and you keep saying sheep. Yeah, because there's a big difference. I'm not sure that you know about that. <laughs> uh, and maybe it's part of my mission is to educate you. Uh, there I, is a difference. Well, you said rams. I will. T- wait, they got rams there. Uh, I think a male sheep is a ram too, isn't it? I don't know. The only ram I'm picturing is the one that has curled horns. And the and the first time I've laid eyes on a ram, I was in South Texas. And by the way, I didn't even know they existed there. I thought they were in like Colorado. Like in the wild you saw one there? Yeah, yes, but this is what I saw. The, it wasn't just a feral goat. The very first time I saw a ram, <laughs> I saw two rams. The very first time I ever saw one in the wild. And not only did I just see it wasn't just walking. They were out there butting heads in a field. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I'm like, I didn't even know that. I thought they lived in. Did you even like get a picture of not, video or anything? Not South Texas desert. I wouldn't have guessed that either. Because I know people don't call South That's Texas just a desert. Some feral goats that got loose. That's all. Hey, people don't call South Texas a desert, but it's a desert. Yeah, and they were out there butting heads. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not a sheep farmer, so I don't know. I, I would just assume 
you would call him a ram, but I don't know. I'm you think Liam would be scared of those goats? Uh, this is. I'll give you some uh, inside what? baseball here because this is hilarious, and I so so wish that it would have made the cut. <laughs> um, like we weren't doing anything. Like Joel and I were probably just walking around camp and seeing the state of things or whatever. And so Liam can sound just like those sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, at first we, you know, he's he's doing the bath thing at him, you know, and we're all kind of getting a laugh out of it. And then there's this one big male, like it gets his attention, and like he winds up calling that thing into camp, and it's like he kind of was like, uh, I, I didn't expect this to happen, you know. And so like to a point to where like he jumps up on the table because the the ram runs over there to like where the the primitive kitchen area is, and I, but it was so funny uh, him. It was just like, you know, it was like he had a call or something. He was yeah. calling that thing. It was so hilarious. But, that, you know, I wish that would have made the cut because it was stinking funny. So did you did you guys get to hang out? Did you hang out with the people? No, not really. Uh, the only hangout time, uh, which, you, you know, I wish that we could have hung out with them a lot more uh, and that we would have got more time to even get to know them better, to have some more mentorship time with them, uh, and to, to just know more about their stories and who they were. Um, over time, you know, that stuff kind of comes out, uh, in, in small trickles, uh, the more time you spend with them. Um, but no, the only hangout time that I can think of with them really was, uh, at the end, you know, we got a little bit of time with them outside of that though. There's just so much going on, uh, you know, with, with production and filming. and Which I know about. You know, you do. I mean, you know, there's only so many cameras to catch things. And, and a big deal a lot of times is kind of like, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, when they do a podcast, are like, oh, let's let's not talk about anything until then. So it'll all be original, right? Like that's in terms of like reactions and just the kind of the back and forth. And so a lot of times, you know, we, we really wanted to spend more time with them, but it's like, Hold on to that thought, and and we'll we'll get to it. And then you know if the schedule allow, we would. If it wouldn't, but uh, now I wish we would have though, because they all turned out to be some some pretty cool people. Yeah, yeah. well, that's pretty. Uh, do you keep in contact with any of them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, I was uh, got some texts uh, today. Usually every day I'll hear from somebody. Uh, so uh, it was kind of like just because uh, I'm curious who texted you today. Ray. Yeah. Yep. Which I I love Dre. Right. Um, I, th- I think uh, maybe Carl too. and and so we got the Instagram thing going too, right? That's a big thing. So we all are like tagging each other and and trying to promote each other as much as possible. Yeah. Um, because any opportunities that can come through this for those guys, I mean, we definitely, you know, it's a it's a big deal. Lots of people know who they are now, and so you know, Carl, he's kind of got this modeling career thing, like. If we can push stuff that he's doing, and yeah. the, you know that helps him in any way, shape, or form. Well, does Carl know that uh, <laughs> your boy's done some uh, some of that work? You did some modeling. Wait, a, hold on. Wait a minute. Now, I'm, did you do some underwear modeling? Uh, no, but I was in Tan and Tone America calendar back there in the nineties. T- tanned and toned. Tan and tone. Oh yeah. T- tan and tone. Yeah. Uh, that sounds fancy. Oh, uh, it was. Um, it was a big deal. That sounds very exclusive to me too. What's like not funny? just anybody gets to model for, for uh, something like tan and tone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's a big deal. People are still talking about it around town and stuff. Oh, here's yeah. the thing I want to know is do you still have a calendar? Uh, no, I don't, but I want you to know this. Uh, I got a key to the was city. It, was it shirtless? Yeah. Yeah. I got a key to the city. I mean, I, I'm, I'm built a little different. Which city? And I, it's important to note because this thing's going to go on YouTube. Yeah. But when I accidentally ran out of memory <laughs> and I did the playback on this, uh, I didn't shave and I didn't realize how. It just looks more manly. Skanky I look. No, I mean, like, I didn't edge it up. I haven't edged the beard up. Like, so down here, it looks like I have a neck beard. Looks like a mountain man, that's I look, all. <laughs> I look like. You look like you're ready for tan and tone, baby. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, so so I've done that. Anyway, <clears throat> I was going somewhere with this. Uh, so I'm like a local celebrity. But it's not fair because you need to America. give us a better visual. I want to hear what you're about to say. I'm not the host of the show, but I personally, just hearing this story, I need a little bit more visual. We're talking to you. You were tanned and toned at the time without oh, yeah. a shirt on. Yeah, we talking shirts and shorts and flip flops. We talk. What are we talking uh, here? Uh, Chaps, bo- board shorts, board shorts. Okay, All yeah. Right. Board All right. I got shorts. the good visual. Continue. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to posing by this. tanning beds. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, it was a good one. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I got the good visual. I'm, I'm just saying, like, because I was I was 18 at the time, and then some of those other guys looked like they worked out their whole life, and they were like 23 or four, so they already. I I developed into my man body in some time <laughs> in that in those next three four years, but these guys already looked like they were in magazines, right. and then there was me, so I like it didn't. <laughs> it you didn't get a callback for the next year's calendar. No, we only did one. I don't know if any of the guys did. Anyway, so so I'm I'm local celebrity because I was in a calendar. And which which city gave you the key? That's oh, what I need to hear. Oh, about. Locust Grove. Okay, that's a pretty key to the deal. city. Do you still have that? No, I actually gave it to myself because I announced the Founders Day parade. Oh, okay, and uh, so I get, I awarded it to myself. Okay, I was that's pretty excited for it. Now you okay? Having said all that, because you you have a Netflix show yep. that's that's a global success. It is. Cave Springs, name a name a street after you. Uh, not yet. No, <laughs> not not yet. Uh, Does anybody? I don't know if I'm that big of a deal yet. How many? How many? Cave Springs. You went to school there. How many people were? Thirty four graduated in my senior class. It was a big deal. They got a real big deal. You think they'll name the gym after you? I, you know, I don't think so. I don't think uh, there's probably somebody way cooler than me that's already named after. So you think at Cave Springs? Yeah, probably. I'd Lots of look. legends come from that place, man. Yeah, legends. Sounds like Locust Grove. Yeah, I mean, eight man football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, big deal stuff. Uh, you guys have like twelve people on the team. Uh, maybe 13. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small school. It's a small country school, you know, uh, but I, I loved it. It was a great experience going to school there, man. It was awesome. I think you're old enough now where the answer's probably no, but is there any teacher that's still there that was there when you were there? Uh, I, I think so. Um, shout out to Miss Shote. She was awesome. And she was, she was probably 23, 24, a young teacher, you know, when I was like a, a junior or something like yeah, that. Yeah, shout she out was, to She was like one of the coolest te- teachers there. Yeah. But some of them are, are still in education. They, they moved on and are doing other good things. But some of them were, you know, pretty young yeah. uh, teachers. And so they're still doing great things and changing lives, man. I can't believe they didn't name a street after you. 
Yeah. Have, have you spoke to the school yet? No. no Don't worry. Not. Listen, I'm, I'm going I'm to be a little PR guy for you. I'm going to start calling the I, Cave I Springs. I'm going to be like, hey, we got to get my boy over here to tell a story. Right. right. So, and uh, we're not, we don't have to say his name, but if you need help with the motivational speaking part, I got a buddy that knows how to do it. Oh, yes. Yeah. You, you could hook me up. 100%. Right on. Uh, I tell you what, uh, like, seriously, I, I would like to go back there. Because, you know, I mean, it's it's a very poor place. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of great people there, but there's just not a lot of industry or anything there. And so it's very poverty-stricken. So I, I say that to say there just wasn't a lot of hope that yeah. you were going to go on and do great things, you know, coming from there. Uh, at least and not – in my point of view, there wasn't. So that would be something cool to, to maybe go and be like, you know what, I was a dumb, poor kid, and I sat right in those bleachers ignoring the guy that was talking to me like I'm talking to you. What? Like <laughs> I was you know, I was ignoring the guy talking yeah. to me just like you're ignoring me yeah. now. But yeah. listen here, kid. Let me slap you across the face right quick, get your attention, and say like, hey, uh, yeah, you can do anything you want to do. Well, that would be the only you know cool thing. Well, there is one thing that you could do coming from that tiny town that – even if none of this worked out, if you still had whatever job you had, I know you can you can play the guitar better than most. So that's the thing. You could have always got on a stage somewhere in some band, some you know that you could have done. Uh, I'm going to reference the show again because it's on the when you look at the the preview thing on Netflix that shows the cast. <laughs> yeah. Somebody had a tiny guitar. Did you play it at any point? I did. It did was you? A, it was Ray's ukulele. <laughs> Like she brought a ukulele. She didn't know how to play the ukulele, but she thought she'd play with it and figure it out while she was there. I guess I don't know. Uh, yeah, of course I did, man. Stringed instrument. Uh, can, can you play it? No, I know you know how to play the guitar, but it's a ukulele. It's not like you know. Yeah, the chords are a little different, you know. But I mean, it's still a stringed instrument. Same concept. Did you just, solo on it? Uh, yeah, you could. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's like a, a mandolin. It doesn't have a lot of uh, ring. Uh, to the strings, it dies yeah. off pretty quick. Uh, so that's why they typically will strum them pretty fast, unless they're playing an electric one that's got some reverb or something hooked into it. But no, it was it was yeah, it was kind of cool. But I tell you what, though, in in the hopes that there is a season two, and I really hope that there is because it'd be amazing to get to go and do that again uh, and help some more people. Uh, I did buy myself a travel guitar. Actually, my wife got me a travel guitar. And it's are they t- like they're just like are they tiny? Uh, it's say half the size of a, a regular guitar, maybe a little bit smaller. But this one is like your seagull. Did I have a travel seagull? Well, you had that tiny guitar. Can you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think of it like is, that, was that not a seagull? Remember that tiny? You had a very tiny guitar. I don't remember now. You gotta have it still. No, I don't know. This one's full carbon, though. Yeah. Uh, like carbon, 100% carbon fiber. The fretboard, the whole nine yards. And the reason I did that is because I can go to a place like the UK when it, where it rains all the time, and it's not oh. the humidity is not going to impact and fluctuate yeah. the wood and the tones, and it's not going to damage it or hurt it because it's oh, carbon cool. fiber. So four, four little screws, the neck comes off, folds right down on it, put it in the bag, carry it like a backpack, man. It fits right in the overhead compartment. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, super well, cool. Well, that is cool. So, all right, man. Look, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll start to close this thing out. But um, you know, I I know which I didn't say. I I may have at the very first. I think I did the very first. But American Survival Co. is your is your company. You and Joel's company. Yep, he and I are business partners. Uh, four years now. We, we've known each other lot longer than that. But yeah, American Survival Co. And so what is it like? Just americansurvivalco.com is the website and we teach everything from you know primitive wilderness survival stuff more modern based uh stuff things that someone might have in a get home bag like how to effectively properly use that stuff uh corporate team building stuff that's where i was going with that we we partnered with uh walmart's u.s learning division which was a huge deal for us uh last year and we'll be doing hopefully some more things with them Uh, an amazing team those people really they know what they're doing. And so, yeah, the corporate team building stuff. And as a kind of a, a driver with the show, you know, more that um, mentorship type stuff, the mental toughness, all that type of stuff, where survival kind of be the backdrop in those courses. And, and we'll do stuff like uh, speaking engagements uh, where we'll, we'll talk about those things, but for like a hands-on uh, three- or four-day thing, um, mental toughness, all that type of stuff. So anything geared towards, you know, self-reliance, uh, the mental toughness stuff, building a team, leadership development, uh, kind of is right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. For sure. Uh, well, yeah, that's, well, that's, that's all pretty awesome stuff. Um, uh, I know it's fun to go out there. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, to do, especially when somebody does something they didn't think was possible. You, you see the excitement on their face. Oh, yeah, like friction fire or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal, man. And that's, you know, that's not something that's easy to do. People who are good at it make it look easy. But that's a challenging you yeah. know, thing to, to get done. And so, yeah, it's, it, that's the other thing. And it's rewarding for us, too, seeing people, you know, kind of crush new goals and, and accomplish things like that and be become more empowered yeah. you know what i'm saying more confident going out hunting in the woods or on the hiking trail or whatever there's just a pretty cool feeling knowing when those people leave they have a lot more confidence going out into the woods all right so so american survival code.com that's it uh where, where do they reach you at like you got some instagram facebook yeah. so my instagram is uh, matt tate survival uh joel's uh is uh, j gravy uh, I think forty-seven. <laughs> if you just if you just search okay, Jay Gravy. Yeah, if you just search Joel Graves or Matt Tate, you can find our individual accounts, uh, and then uh, of course we have an American Survival Co. in there too. Um, so you can reach out to us there. Uh, obviously, we have a Facebook page. Hit us up there, or you can just email us right through our website. Yeah, that's good. Your partners. I mean, uh, I don't know if Matt Tate dot com exists yet, but I'd call it Etat tam.com it's matt tate backwards uh well anyway look i, I appreciate you being on the show yeah. uh thanks for, <laughs> thanks for doing this i'm so happy to do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh we're excited uh that that you uh, came on the show anyway uh look everybody i appreciate you listening uh in to this week's podcast uh, uh put pete rose in the hall of fame as always and uh love everybody <laughs>